0: Chapter 5 of First Thessalonians, But of the times and the seasons, brethren, ye have no need that I write unto you, for yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say, Peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But ye, change of direction here, but ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that the day should overtake you as a thief. Ye are all the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the light or of the darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night. For they that be drunken are drunken in the night. But let us, who are of the day, be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, for helmet of, of, and for an helmet the hope of salvation. For God hath not appointed us to wrath, amen, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. What a wonderful promise. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as also ye do. May the Lord have blessing to the reading of his word. Heavenly Father, help me this morning that I would say nothing amiss. That I would be right with you. Forgive me of sin, empty me of self, and please use me this very morning. Be with those teaching downstairs. We thank you for forgiveness. We thank you for the no-so hope of salvation, not a wonder-so, but a no-so. We thank you for that assurance. May you speak to our hearts today as only you can. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. We have seen titles called the day of the Lord and then we saw a thief in the night this morning is not appointed to or unto wrath, not appointing unto wrath. On the back of the bulletin, there is the outline for today. And I feel in the ones we've already covered, there is the meaning of the day. We talked about then the length of the day. Day can be daylight hours, can be 24-hour period. It also could be a period, indefinite period of time. So we are in, living in the day of the immoral revolution in America. Now, it's just simply more than one day, even more than one week even more than one year, but we call it the, the day of the immoral revolution, if you want to call it that. But we find in Scripture, day can be used for different reasons. And this day of the Lord is not just a singular day, but begins with the rapture of the church, the snatching away of believers, and continues possibly all the way through the end of the millennium until the, uh, when Satan has his one last final battle. So that is the, the length of the day. It's not just a 24-hour period, not just a daylight period. It's a period of years, actually lots of years, then there's a lament of the day. We find that the day of the Lord is going to be a time of, of lamenting, of sorrow. It says in Joel chapter 2, verse 1, Blow ye the trumpet of Zion, sound the alarm in my holy mountain, let all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord cometh, for it is nigh at hand, a day of darkness and gloominess, etc., etc. It's not going to be a, a wonderful time. It's like, well, I, I think the day of the Lord, the, the tribulation is not going to be that bad. It's going to be worse than anything the earth has ever experienced up to or will ever experience again. And Jesus said in Matthew 24, 21, For then shall be great tribulation, such has not been since the beginning of the world to this time, nor, no, nor ever shall be. And except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. The tribulation period is going to be a dismal time, I'm telling you. But praise the Lord, we have been not appointed unto wrath. We have been saved out of that. If you're a trust, Christ as personal Savior. Excellent Sunday school lesson this morning. What it means to be a Christian. It's not even just believing there is a God. It's by grace through faith. Who are you trusting right now? Do you know Christ as your very own personal Lord and Savior? If I were to ask you, if I were to ask you at the service after after the service. Why would God allow you into heaven? Can you say, because I trusted Christ as my personal Savior, and I still am trusting in Him. It's, it's an ongoing thing. It's not simply just an action in the past. Now, I think it's important if you can go. Yes, I was six years old. I know where I was. I don't remember the exact day, but I was in Syriarsville in a Methodist church watching a chalk artist. I just talked about salvation. I received Christ there in the pew when the invitation time came. I can't remember the exact. I know what six. Baptized when I was eight. But the most important, even more important is that, who am I trusting right now? I'm still trusting Christ alone. I just told him that this morning. Lord, I want you to know, I'm still trusting you alone. Thank you for saving me. Lord, I love you. I worship you. When's the last time you told the Lord you loved him in your prayer time? Do you not love him? Yes. If you love me, keep my commandments. Where is your faith without your works? I'm telling you, I'll show you my faith by my works. Faith is invisible. It's invisible. It's an invisible faith. And we will see that you know Christ by, are you obedient? Do you love him? Do you seek righteousness? Are you a person of penitence? Are you sorry for your sin? Well, I'm sorry for other people's sin. Not ask that. Are you sorry for your sin? That's the key. So that was the length of the day, the lament of the day. Now we're to new, the language of the day, number three, regarding the meaning, the language of the day. First Thessalonians 5, 2. I'll try to keep the rabbit trails down to a minimum. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say, Peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. Interesting, many people believe that Revelation chapter six verse two. If you want to hold your finger there, Revelation six two refers to the, the Antichrist. Some would say Henry Morris believes it's Jesus himself, but some many would say this is Antichrist coming on the scene here. In 6.2 of Revelation, And I saw, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat on him had a bow, and a crown was given him, and he went forth to conquering and to conquer. They're going to say peace and safety, but here comes the Antichrist, and he's going to change his tune, or he's going to change the tune of the world as as much as possible. Can you imagine? He's the only other being in every human history to have Satan indwell him that we know of. Judas, and the Antichrist. Only two that we know Satan himself indwelled and controlled. Peace and safety. Aren't we looking for peace and safety today? We are. Give me peace. Help everything to go smoothly. Provide all my needs and I'll do whatever you want to do. The Bible says it's going to come as a thief in the night. I think the world, we're going to talk about the reset, the, uh, world economic forum, the global reset. We're going to talk about those things, I trust, down the road. But a lot of people are ignorant of what's going on. And Christ is going to come back as a thief in the night. He never says to us, you know, send you an email. By the way, I'm coming to your house Saturday night, 11 o'clock. Be out of, be out of there because I'm, I'm coming to rob you blind. He never, they never do that. They wait until usually the night when they can't be seen. And usually when people are not there, because they don't want somebody to catch them, thieving, whatever, robbing, etc., he's going to come as a thief in the night, and, and you're not prepared. The, the world will not be ready for his return. They were not ready for his first coming, and the world's not going to be ready for his second coming, spiritually speaking especially. Now, this, also, there's this, uh, They're that's not going to escape. He says not only there's the similes as a thief in the night, it also has travail upon a woman with child. Suddenness is emphasized here in the Greek language. For suddenly, in the life of expectant mother, labor begins. Where water breaks and the labor begins, and here we go, we've got to get going, and, and we've got to get to the hospital because it's inevitable. Now, there's going to be labor pains. It's inescapable. Paul says they shall not escape here in verse 3. And that's the idea. When Christ comes back, it's going to be sudden. They're not expecting it. But when it comes, there's going to be painful things involved. And it's inescapable. When Christ comes back, there's going to be judgment. He's coming. He's coming. They're going to try to hide. In Revelation 6, 16, 15, 16, if you want to hold your finger there in Thessalonians, Revelation 6 again, 15, part of the sixth seal, and the kings of the earth, Revelation six fifteen, and the great men and the rich men and the chief captains and the mighty men and every bondman and every free man hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains and said unto the mountains and rocks fall on us. Hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne and from the wrath of the lamb for the great day of his wrath is come and who shall be able to stand? They shall not escape. Now that wrath there, by the way, there is the tribulational wrath where God's going to pour out His wrath upon humankind, upon the earth, and then there's the eternal wrath of God for those who reject Christ. You do not have to go to Christ's eternity. You do not have to. The whole reason Christ came is to die for you, that you may receive Him as personal Savior. He's worthy. He's worthy of worship. He's worthy of us bowing down before him because he not only is in all, he's loving, he's kind, he's holy, he's everything we're not by ourselves. And so he's worthy of our worship. So putting these together then, the day of the Lord will commence after the catching up of the church, the rapture, with a sudden and unexpected like a burglar in the night. Sudden and unavoidable like a woman beginning to deliver a baby. So in the first case, there's no warning. In the second case, there's no escape. He's coming like a thief in the night. You don't want him to come, but he's coming anyway. And once it started, it's no escape from that. So that's the meaning of the day of the Lord. Not a 24-hour day, not the daylights of one singular day, but a, a period of time from the rapture of the church all the way through the end of the millennial kingdom would be the broadest definition. So then also in the back of your then there's the message of the day. And we are to do three things. We're told how to live. Well, God's word is very practical to us. Five, four, 1 Thessalonians. But ye brethren, typically when you see the word brethren, is that a good thing? Yes, brethren in Christ lots of times. Are not in darkness. They should, they should overtake you as a thief. But you're all the children of light and children of the, of the day. We are not of the night, nor of darkness, therefore let us not sleep as others do others, but let us watch and be sober. So here we have a contrast. Those early on in verse three are going to be, that can, are not going to be so caught off guard by the coming of Christ. but verse four is the strongest contrastive in the New Testament, "But ye, but ye brethren, but ye are not in darkness. Verse 6, it says that therefore let us not sleep. Now, what does that word sleep mean there? If I were to say the word trunk, well, is that the thing that goes on in front of the elephant? Is it the back part of a car? Is it a large suitcase? Or is it the, the biggest part of the tree at the bottom? So what? how do we know what trunk I am talking about? It's the context. If I were to say this morning, I love cats, you'd well, the, because my wife said, if you ever want to eat food again in our house and get out of the doghouse, you must say to the cats that you love them. I love cats. I by no means mean that wholly or sincerely, but I said it because I had to eat the rest of my life. <laughs> so the context of I love cats, see, you need to know what comes before. You need to know what comes after. to re- Well, he was just really being sarcastic because he, really, he has a love-hate relationship with those. For, yes, that's true. So... You have to have the context. So what's the context of the word sleep here? We know in chapter 4 it meant death for the Christian. They shall not all sleep, die in Christ. Is that what it means here? Here it does not mean that. How do you know? The context. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let never refers to sleeping for the unbeliever. So this is spiritual lethargy, spiritually lethargic. Let us not sleep, let's be spiritually awake. So we first of all need to wake up. That's the first one. Is what Now, I'm not saying become woke. Totally different thing. Here, it's okay to wake up. You're to wake up to what's going to happen. Well, the, what, well, if we just had more of this and just had more money spent here and more money spent there and people doing this, what we need is the Son of the Living God to come in and inhabit people's lives and change them from the inside out. That's what we need. People have all these all these answers or all these supposed answers. Just do this, just control the guns and all these the symptoms of a heart that's wicked. It's out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? You want to know why we have so many difficulties and struggles. And, and aberrant beliefs in our world is because Satan has gotten his sway with many, many people. So we are to wake up. We're to be awake. In 2 Thessalonians 2 5, he says, Remember ye not that when I was with you, I told you these things. It, we are to be a, a, alert. F- on the alert, if you would, Bible prophecy is important. He was only there three weeks, talked about this last time, and he talked about the end times events. In just three weeks' time, I'm telling you, a, a, almost nearly a third, a quarter to a third, somewhere in that, in that range, is Bible prophecy and Scripture. So we have to talk about it, or we should be talking about it, if we're going to cover what God says to us. Well, well Pastor, will it happen? Will Christ coming happening at night? Well, if it happens in the daytime here across the planet, it will be night somewhere. When Christ comes back, it will be night. I was just thinking about the song choir sings, and I thought, you know, it's a little bit of a, it's a supposition, a midnight cry. When Gabriel sounds, well, the Bible says the archangel is going to blow the trumpet, right? He was the only archangel in scripture. Michael. So he should have said when Michael sounds the call because really we only say we sure he's the only archangel but we'll go ahead and sing it probably like it is anyway. But you have to know scripture. People come along all this time and say things that just don't work with scripture. I would say jive but that's probably be a wrong term. They just don't work with scripture. They just, there's a disconnect. You and I, the only way you are going to know is to read the directions. What God has said. You are not in darkness, that the day should overtake you. 5-4 of 1 Thessalonians, as a thief. If we belong to the day, if we have been born again, if we are saved, awakened spiritually, we are to live in daytime behavior. We are to wake up, we are to be alert to what is going on around us. On verse 6 and 7, look what he says. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do. But let us watch and be sober, for they that sleep, sleep in the night. They that be drunken are drunken in the night. The world may be asleep morally, but we should be wide awake. Why? For those who sleep, do the sleeping at night. Those who drunk are drunken in the night. But we are of the day, we're to be sober-minded. We're to be spiritually minded, scripturally minded. Just the opposite of a carefree world lifestyle, etc., At night, just like sleep is natural at night, so is indifference to God natural to the lost man. The lost man has no heart aflame for God he has no he's not concerned about the things of jesus he's not in church this morning the the natural man he did not think about whom he should pray for this week he did not think about his next door neighbor who is going to suffer the wrath of god if he doesn't change all he's caring about most likely is right now if his football team progresses in the next round of the playoffs or how his hockey team is doing or how is well what's going on the baseball hot stove league or stuff like that or how am i going to eat when when's it get warm enough to fish again That's the natural man. I'm not saying those things. A Christian man can think about those things too in reason. But there's no difference between the natural man and and, and the the religious person who has all this religiosity but truly don't know Christ. He might say, well, everything's fine with me, Pastor. God and I have a deal. God and I are real close. We have an understanding. I like this sin and that sin. And and God understands my little sins. He doesn't. Just tell you, he doesn't. Matter of fact, it's those little sins that you think are okay are the ones that he died for on the cross. You put him on the cross. It wasn't just Nero and, and Pilate and everybody else, that heir. Well, the Pharisees, the scribes are such terrible people. Yes, we're terrible people. We are lost and undone. There's no there's no degree of either you're lost or you're not. Now the people do terrible things. We understand there are some who have created far more sins than others. But as far as being a sinful, matter of fact, if you have committed one sin, you committed them all. James 2 says, we're guilty of all. So we need to wake up. Secondly, we need to dress up. Dress up, verse 8, and let us who are of the day be sober, putting on breastfeed of faith and love. And for a helmet, a helmet, the hope of salvation. Now, that's not the indefinite hope. I'm hoping my... Baked potatoes do not get overdone in the crock pot. And I'm hoping the ham we got on there that was frozen and put in there didn't get overdone too. In pot. Cro- I'm hoping that happens. It might happen. We might have to eat, uh, you know, really fried, shriveled up uh, ham. I don't know. We'll, hopefully not. But this hope is not like that. This is the assurance. We all all might we think hope. No, this, no, this is. He's our only hope. He's the assurance. Our salvation is, is set in Christ. It's, it's set in granite, if you would. These things have I written unto you, 1 John 5 13, that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. If you don't know today that if you were uh, this is your last day on earth, that heaven's absolutely going to be your home. If you don't know that, you need to get it settled. Show me your faith by your works, James says. We need to see your life has been changed. And by the way, if it has been changed, you will behave differently. You will. you be behaving differently. We can know. It's not earned. It's not merited. This is our hope. Now, he's not questioning their salvation, but we are to have this dress up, put on this helmet of salvation, because there's there's the justification. We've been saved from the penalty of sin. There's the sanctification. I'm progressively becoming like Christ. And there's the glorification. One day in heaven, all my sins will be gone forever. Isn't that a wonderful thought? It is. No matter how dark it gets, we are to put our hope in Christ because God is yet in control. We shouldn't be lolling around and whining, oh, what's the world coming to? No, we know who's coming to the world. That's it. Christ is coming for His church and then to rule and to reign. That is our hope. So we are to wake up. We are to dress up put on this breastplate. And, And how do we put this breastplate on of faith? How do we get faith? So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So you want to know how to increase your faith? Read the author of faith. This is it. Trust Him. His Word is there for us to do, to read, to apply, to to learn from. So we are to wake up, we are to dress up, and we are, in verse 9, to look up. For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. So this wrath is not the condemnation of hell. Understand that it's coming, but contextually. Now, remember the context. It's what comes before, it's the verse itself, and what comes after, I love cats. But you got to know, the only reason I said it, because I had to if I wanted to eat, and I admitted afterwards it was a false statement. I just said it to, so I could have lunch today. So you have to know that whole context. So here we have the wrath that ye may. For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but obtained salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, if you turn with me to Revelation chapter 6, verse 16 again, if you would please. This is, the, this is the context of this wrath, Revelation six sixteen. Everybody's afraid to even start in Revelation because what is all these different things going on? If you just stick with your normal translation, I mean, understanding, interpretation, sorry, interpretation of Scripture, it comes up, there's most things we can have a fairly good grasp upon. And 6, 16, it says for us here, And said to the mountains and rocks... Fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. 1419, please. Same book, fourteen nineteen. This is the seven year period called the tribulation, or perhaps you would call it the entire time the Great Tribulation. Fourteen nineteen, and the angel thrust in his sickle into the earth, and gathered the vine of the earth, and cast it into the great winepress of the wrath of God. 151 and I saw another sign in heaven great and marvelous seven angels having seven last plagues bowls vile judgments for in them is filled up the wrath of God 16 1 and I heard a great voice out of the temple saying to the seven angels go your ways and pour out the vials of the wrath of God upon the earth this is going to be a terrible time there's this is the, God describes it so clearly we who are we who in this this era, have all this available information. We have God's Word in print. We have preachers, podcasts, all these different things. We can understand God's going to come, and it's going to be a terrible time, and we should repent and get right with God. Don't wait. You say, Pastor, how important it is, if you don't know Christ as your Savior at right this moment, bow your head, close your eyes, ask Him right now. Say, Lord, I, I, I'm a sinner. I repent. I confess my sin. Please forgive me of, your sin, of my sin. And come into my heart and life and be my Savior. Be- become my Lord and Master. I confess to you. I call upon you to save my soul. That's how important it is. Don't wait another moment. Because he could come back even before this message is over. Don't wait. Revelation 3.10, please, for just a moment. You're not destined for the wrath of God this coming tribulation time. Or look at a message where we will discuss why the reasons why we believe in the pre-tribulational rapture, catching away of the church. Revelation 3.10, because thou hast kept the word of my patience, 3.10 of Revelation, I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. They say, well, pastor, that's great for the church of Philadelphia. Read verse 13. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the church as... Don't you like that plural? church? As even Little Sandy Baptist Church. He has saved us from this hour of temptation that's going to come into the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. I mean, clearly, this time of tribulation, we will be saved from by God's almighty generosity to us through grace and mercy. So when Christ comes at the rapture, he's going to take us out of this world. We're waiting for that time. He comes back in the air. All the believing saints come with him. And then they go, I think they go past him, if you would, all the way down, get six feet under, or however they go to depth, and get their bodies, and they burst, the graves burst open. And then we which are alive and remain shall be changed in a moment. And here we both go up in the air to meet the Lord up in the air. He hasn't come back to earth yet, and he takes us, so shall we ever be with the Lord. John 14, 1 Thessalonians 4, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. That's what we're waiting for, the snatching away. This word raptures, as you well know, is not specifically in our King James translation, but the catching away, the snatching away. That's that's what we caught up. That's the word right there, rapturo. Caught up to be with Him. Isn't that going to be wonderful? And then we'll be standing before God, I believe. The behemoth of scene of Christ happens while we're up in heaven. But here on earth, God pours out His wrath. What typically does a nation do if we're going to go to war with Mexico this week? Oh, <laughs> I do we're not. We're gonna call our ambassadors home. We're gonna bring them home because perhaps that could be a good hostage situation if we leave our ambassadors and we're at war with Mexico. We're just gonna we're gonna take over the embassy. We're gonna hold them hostage unless you give us this, whatever, etc. I don't know. But they're gonna call them home. Think about Noah. Think about Enoch. Enoch before the the the, the flood, God calls him home. Noah's picturing Israel goes through the time, and when they're done, they come out into a pristine world. In which to rehab it. Inhabit it. So, habitat. Excuse me. Inhabit. So then, Israel goes through the tribulation time, and then they go out into the millennial kingdom, if you would. How about Lot? God wants to rain fire down on the five cities. By the way, there's Sodom, Gomorrah, and three more cities. Five total. Lot rescues one by going into it. But before before they could rain down the fire and brimstone, what they had to do get Lot out of there. So God removes His people before He sends the judgment wherefore verse 11 comfort yourselves together and edify one another even as also ye do what does edify mean it means to build up one another it's, it's to encourage it's not to discourage it's to say you know wow we, we, it's, it's, it, we want to encourage you to do right we want we want to are you reading your bible that's why i ask for like are you reading your bible or encourage you to do things because we are to the world will encourage you to sin will it not Just do what you want to do. Oh, it's okay, and and get involved in this. I want to encourage you to walk with God. Read good stuff. Read the Bible first. And if you want to do extra reading, read some Christian biographies, etc. I just started a biography of uh, General Stonewall Jackson. Did you know that when he was shot, he blew off his arm? And they were carrying him from the battlefield. And then the northern army started shooting at the two people carrying his litter, and they dropped him on the battlefield, having been wounded and lost his arm. He thought he was going to die on the battlefield, and, but they finally rescued him and brought him to safety. You should hear tonight, come back tonight, and you'll hear his closing testimony of how he saw that this was God's will for him. And he did not want his arm put back on unless he knew for sure God wanted him to have his arm replaced. It's an amazing testimony. Yes, in 1860s, a man served God without reservation. Wherefore comfort one another. We are to edify one another. We we are going to be saved from this tribulation. By the way, if we're looking for the great tribulation, if if that's what comes next and we must go through it, we're not looking for Christ. I'm telling you, we're looking for the Antichrist. If we have to go through the great tribulation, we should be not saying, even so come Lord Jesus, as John said, but even so come great tribulation, or even so come death, so I don't have to go through it. We are looking for the upper taker. Perhaps the undertaker comes first for us. But we're looking for Christ to come back. That's what we're looking for. The Bible tells us to do so. It doesn't tell us to put your bootstraps on because there's going to be 11 or 7 terrible years before, and I'm just going to come. The all millennialists will say, you know, we don't believe in all these things. The Lord is going to come back to rule and to reign and and set up his kingdom. That's what a disservice to Scripture. What about all the things God has given us clarity on? What's going to happen in the future? The great day of the Lord. Listen, if you're a Christian, we should be engaged in important things. I was just telling Stephanie this morning on the way to church, after reading that book last night, I was like, we do so little truly for God. And I'm just, maybe you don't feel like that. I feel like I've done so little. You see this man who's lost and never be able to walk again, and he's, he's sold himself out to serve the Lord, even through all these difficult things. Missionaries have gone to give up everything of, of their own personal lives, put their belongings in a coffin when they went overseas, knowing they were never coming back. If you come just to sit, soak, and sour, you're missing it. You're missing what the Christian life is about, serving Him. It's about no, that I may know Him. We spend so much time with our little pebbles. We get our little pebbles out, and we put them in our hand, and we got these little small, and the rock is over here. But we spend so much time pushing our pebbles here, pushing our, these little small things that really don't matter that. M- m- but Jesus is over here. I know, but I've got, I've got all these little, I've got all these things. I've got I've to do these things. I gotta, but Jesus is over here. When are we going to get tired of pushing the pebbles around? Now this is what I am going to center my life on, that I may know him and the fellowship of His power of His resurrection, and the fellowship of His sufferings being made conformable unto His death. Mentioned in Sunday school, when, when when you sign on to be a Christian, you may not know it, but what you sign on for is, I'm willing to die for Christ. Take up your cross daily and live for Him. You say, Pastor, what am I to do? Well, I can tell you somebody thought enough of you to share the gospel with you at some point, either a pastor preaching, Sunday school teacher, vacation Bible school worker, camp worker, mom or dad, they thought enough to share the gospel with you how, how, how am I doing on that am I, am I really sharing i 'm not as I should no we, we, we don 't let let 's not get we 've arrived and no we should be constantly growing. I, I want to know Christ and I want to know about him as we strive to know him, we will do more for his kingdom. Last verse 1 John 228, please. 1 John 2:28. 1 John 2:28 in closing. How does this affect us? What should we be doing? John says to the believers, 1 John 2:28, "And now little children, abide in him, that when he shall appear, we may have confidence." And not be what ashamed before him at his coming. Have you ever been told something to do by your parents? You have yeah, this done well by the time I get there. And worse than that, well, I'm not say but piano practice. When my piano teacher and you had not practiced as you were supposed to do, I dreaded those lessons because she would first thing she would do, she'd get my piano one of my piano books out there and she'd open it up there and see. My practice record, and if it was uh, very sketchy, I got the rebuke. Because see, I was ashamed, because I have not done as I should have. Exponentially more important, when Christ comes back, may we not be ashamed? You will never do never. It's never wrong to do right, and you'll never be sorry that you put God first. Never be sorry. Now, if you read the devotionals, I, I was struck by one sentence. Everyone, You know, every, you read some devotionals, didn't, they'll get a lot up, but this one sentence was, he said, the man said, I can't remember even who it was and what devotion it was, he said, but I never was impressed by an unfaithful servant of the Lord that never had a ministry. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. So you want to have a ministry to your children? To your children to your parents? Parents to Children? Christian brothers and sisters with others your co-workers be faithful in your Christian walk for he is coming back he is coming back let's pray together Lord we just thank you for the promise that you've not appointed us to wrath that you have a the, we have this hope this helmet of the hope of salvation not a indefinite hope but a know so for we who know Christ as savior not it's more than just even a head knowledge. It's more than just an action. It's more than uh, doing a certain work or walking in aisle, shaking a hand. It's having this relationship with Christ. It's through repentance and faith. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. So for there be even one, and I have to believe that there are maybe several that truly don't know Christ as Savior. Perhaps they are knowingly playing the game or perhaps they're unknowingly realizing they never really looked inside to examine themselves. And Lord, we we as Christians, you've called us far beyond the mediocrity that most Christians wallow in. You've called us to be different, salt and light. Lord, help us this week that we will lay aside those things which are so easily besetting us. And run with patience the race that is set before us. Sometimes Lord, we have to wait, lay aside good things, and things that aren't even bad enough themselves, but they are not the best things. And Lord, you are the best. Lord, help us to be wise. So Lord, when you do come back, perhaps even today, we will not be ashamed at your coming. And I ask these things in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.